Welcome to episode four of the Real and Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Zach Curtis. On today's show, we have an investor named Blake who currently lives in Illinois. He holds 40 rental properties and outside of real estate, he owns a coffee shop. Let's turn it over to Blake to let him introduce himself. Yeah, guys, my name is Blake Lauterman. Um, I'm 24 years old and I got uh, 40 properties um, between two different cities, I guess. Um, and yeah, they're going pretty good. <clears throat> What uh, state do you invest in? Most right now are in Illinois. Um, we're in the Quad Cities for some of them. And so that's really close to Iowa. So we will eventually go over the bridge and stuff. Now for your properties, do you look for a specific type of property? Uh, duplex, single family, or what types of properties are in your portfolio? Uh, I don't have anything bigger than a four unit. Four units my biggest right now. Um, so I start out with single families and duplexes. And then just worked up a little bit. But uh, where I'm at in Macomb, I got a lot of college rentals. So most of them are single family houses, but I rent them per bedroom. So you can get higher rents, but obviously you're dealing with college kids. So there's a lot more expenses that go into it um, that make up for that high rent. Now with you investing in a college town, how does it work in the summertime? Do they move out or do some of them stay? So uh, Both sometimes. Because I get some people for two years straight, three years straight. Sometimes I get them for a year, but uh, I try not to have any gaps. But I mean, when we run our numbers, we put 10% vacancy in there. So that covers a month and a half of vacancy in case I get vacant in the summer. So the properties that you look for, are they more of a turnkey investment or do you look for something that needs a little bit of work done to it? When I first started, I was doing turnkeys a little bit because I didn't know too much about it because I didn't grow up in the industry. So I kind of learned all the construction stuff myself and my grandpa taught me most of it. But I uh, went to school for construction management. So now I'm, now I'm more turning towards the, the ones that you rehab and put a lot of work into to get that equity out of it. But before I was just, I was buying in a market where I would say both the markets I've been in are on the downside. Um, so proper, you can buy equity when you buy, if you just negotiate, right? So you can get some decent turnkeys that are ready to go, you know, cause you're not, once you, if you get a turnkey, you're not missing out on that two or three months of rent that you're redoing it. You know, it's making money that next day you buy it. So with you buying uh, rehab properties, do you have tenants that you inherit already or are you just buying properties to yeah. fix and then rent out? I've done a little bit of both. I've got my own tenants to start out and then I've actually had to take over some tenants. Um, I did a, a seller financing deal for 18 of my 40 places and I had to take over 18 houses that had, I would say probably 60, 70 tenants in them. So there was a lot of communication problems at first and I would say respect towards me um, taking over the properties. So I just had to like, I don't know, I, I had to, it was just kind of difficult dealing with the tenants that weren't, that didn't know me at first, you know. Um, with you uh, buying from seller financing, do you kind of want to talk about a deal where you got a seller financing? Like, how did you find the seller? Um, you know, how that whole process worked out for you? Yeah. So that's mainly how I've grown to be 40 units fairly fast. Uh, I did, I got three seller financing deals right now going on and those are, that's between 20 properties. One of them, there was just a four rent sign in the yard and I called them up and said, Hey, you know, you looking to sell that thing? Cause it's been empty. <laughs> and, <laughs> It turns out he was, and it was just inherited from his grandpa or his dad that died, I guess. And his son actually lived in the property while he went to school. And so he had no use for it after his son graduated. So 
I was like, you know, I can take it off your hands. And uh, I ended up working out a seller financing deal with him. It was my down payment ended up being, I bought it for 33,500 and my down payment ended up being $187. You can't beat that. (laughs) (laughs) It was a little two bedroom, one bath. Um, It had a, it had a nice deck on it and uh, like a three season room and it rented for 750 and then I rent, I rented it for 800 the next year. Yeah. $187 down. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> Is that located near one of the colleges that you were talking about? Is it? Yep. That's located here. Yeah. All my houses are, I would say 20 of them are all located within a mile radius of each other. I feel like that makes it a little easier to manage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Drive down the street and look at them all. I had one house that was really hard to rent. It was like a three bedroom, one bath and it. The bedrooms were small. And, uh, me and my girlfriend were living in a little place just to save money um, at the time. So we're like, why don't we just live here? It's in the middle of all my places. Um, And the garage that I use for all my storage is right out back. And so we just remodeled this place for the summer and uh, started living here. And now it's a two bedroom, two bath. And my roommate, which is my insurance agent, he actually lives with us too. Um, So we turned it into a nice little house, but uh, it'll be, it still makes money. Um, if I was to rent it out after this number still makes sense. So that's why I chose to do it because it would rent a lot better as a two bedroom, two bath with like walk-in closets and stuff than it did as a three bedroom, one bath with small closets. Did you add the extra bathroom or was there one that you just remodeled that Uh, wasn't working? Yeah. So I added, I added the bathroom. My contractors are very good, but they're kind of on the expensive side. I wouldn't say they're too expensive, but I'd rather work with someone who's available all the time and does the right quality work that I like. How did you find your contractors? Uh, was it somebody that you knew through uh, school since you're a construction management major? Or? Um, no, I actually met a lot of people through construction management that actually are out in the real world doing stuff. Um, so they'll probably help me out in the future. That'd be awesome. But my contractors currently, I found them through people I know and trust that pretty much referrals. And then I just started using them again and again for, you know, if they treated me right and, and uh, our relationship just built on from there. But I, I like to learn. So sometimes I'll go watch them and ask them questions while they're working. I'll ask them if they're okay with that, but I've learned a lot from doing that. That's helped me out because then I can know if something's done right or wrong in case I, you know, cause I'm venturing into other cities now is where I'm at. I don't want to get too big where I'm at. Uh, rather diversify into bigger cities and go from there. So it's harder to find those people that know how to do their stuff. So you kind of know, you kind of have to know exactly what you want and how you want it. So how do you manage your contractors? Do you buy all the materials or do you have enough trust in your contractors to kind of go through the property, get a layout and then have them send you a bill and then you pay Um, them all at once? I got two guys that I kind of just call up whenever to help me out. I'll just tell them what needs to be done unless it's HVAC, plumbing or electrical if, if it's not those three they'll get a call and i'll tell them what's going on I'll, I, I usually do it all through text and i send them pictures and uh, send them a list through text and they go to our local ace store and uh, i have an account there and i just make sure that those bills are right every month but yeah i trust them for the most part because um, i treat them well so they'll treat me well and that's what I guess any business or relationship in real estate is is just if you have a good connection with somebody then they'll oh, yeah. kind of return the favor to you. Oh yeah. Let's, let's transition into uh, so you have 40 properties right now. Do you do all the uh, property management or do you contract that out? So I recently just hired an assistant. Um, she worked for me at the coffee shop that I have and she's been helping me with all the tedious stuff. 
taking deposits to the bank, uh, doing the books. I've been, we've been implementing QuickBooks, trying to get that going. And then uh, we started doing Tenant Cloud, pretty good for a lot of the students because they do stuff all online. And especially nowadays, um, I can do all the leases online for free through Tenant Cloud. They can sign them right through there. And uh, that's been going pretty good. But as far as everything else, I deal with all the day-to-day stuff. With Tenant Cloud, does that allow them to pay their rent through that as well? I don't think I've ever heard of that. So since we've been transitioning, it's kind of hard to like make the, or have the tenants um, pay through it because they're so used to paying through other ways. So we've been trying to do it. We got, I'd say about half of them that do it now because we just started it five months ago. Yeah, they all pay through. It's called TC Payments, I believe. And it's through their bank. They link their bank up. And then it makes my books a lot easier because QuickBooks can draw from your accounts. And so when Tenant Cloud puts it into the account, it labels it out. And then your QuickBooks would see that. And it is easier for a lot easier for my books uh, if they pay through that. But yeah, we're next year we'll probably have 75 or 80% of the people pay directly through that because they have their own portal so they can see their leases. They can see, they can file maintenance requests and uh, all that. Um, but what it's really helped me with would be the, um, the late fees. Cause I was really bad at charging late fees. Cause I knew everybody like, my, I don't know. It's fair. Cause when I get a late fee from the banks or something, I still have to pay it. So this thing automatically charges late fees. Um, and I just say it's the system that does it. So it's helped me out there. Yeah. I'll have to check out that software. I don't think I've ever heard of that one. Uh, I've heard of uh, like cozy. Have you heard of that one for value and price? Uh, tenant cloud has definitely been one of the better ones I've, came across there are better ones out there but i mean tenant clouds like 30 bucks a month and it does everything you need yeah so i haven't i haven't had any there's a few issues but it's a pretty new company so i feel like they're gonna update it let's transition to some of your properties that you look for i know that you said that almost half of them have been seller financing is there a like cash flow on the property that you look for is there a cash on cash return what do the numbers look like for you that you will and will not invest in the property when i'm running numbers um i take out 30 percent off the gross. So that, that 30% would be for the maintenance, uh, vacancy and management. So that's 10% of each outside of your fixed expenses, which would be your insurance, mortgage, taxes, and utilities if you have them. Um, after all those are taken out, I try to shoot for a 25% cash on cash return, but where I'm at a riskier market cause it's smaller. So I shoot for like 40% or higher. So some of my properties are in the 50% cash on cash return. They're, they're, they cash flow pretty, pretty, pretty well, honestly. Yeah. That's how I run my numbers. Well, I'd say if you can get a down payment for under $200, you probably get some good cash flow on a property. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, uh, the way I run my numbers, I take out all right. So say you were to, the, the place I got for $187 down, I didn't run that. I ran that, like I had a loan on it for the full thing. And then I, I wanted to make sure it makes money per month on top of that. Um, so it makes way more than a 50% cash on cash return for that 187. I'm not sure what the cash on cash return is for that. It's pretty high though. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's transition into the best performing deal in your portfolio. Uh, is it a single family, multifamily? Uh, what does the property look like and how did you find it? The best cash flowing one I have would be a duplex. It's a five bedroom, two bath upstairs and a three bedroom, two bath downstairs. And when I bought it, I put $8,000 into it for retiling both showers downstairs and redoing a lot of the upstairs. Um, and I put a sub pump in. Uh, I did a lot of work on that place, but I got it for a hundred and it, rents for 2,400 a month. So after all expenses and my 
it uh, it makes about eight hundred dollars a month cash flow. So it was a pretty good deal. I found it. It came with my one of my. It was one of the seller financing houses that came with the the eighteen that I had on one deal. So is that one of the properties? Like you said earlier, I'm assuming that's in a, the college part of town. Like, are there college students renting renting it out, or is it more family style? Uh, yes, I have college people renting it out. Did they treat it pretty well since you put in you know, a decent amount of money into it? Yeah. Um, so I, the nicer places you have, the better tenants you're going to get, the better they're going to take care of it too. So my places that I've, that are pretty nice, I'd like to say they, they don't have very many problems on year to year because they're pretty nice and tenants take care of them. And they're mostly young professionals, you know, that will be buying a house not too long after they get out of school, probably. So what is uh, your worst performing property look like, or maybe a story about a tenant you had to evict? Oh man. Um, I've only had one eviction so far. It was on my first property, but I would say my worst deal would be, it, it came with those 18 properties and uh, it's not one I really wanted, but it came with those 18. It's a building on the square um, downtown. It, uh, I bought it for 30, and I have to pay for all the utilities. It's three units. There's two little barber shops and then a unit in the upstairs and one bedroom. So there's three units in it, but one of them was empty and the other one was making 235 and the upstairs was making three, 350. And I had to pay for all utilities and the insurance on those buildings because they're old and they're all brick. You know, the replacement cost is huge. So the insurance wasn't very cheap. It just was a negative cash flowing property that I had to get stuck with of those 18 because uh, as a whole deal, it was well worth it. Do you still have that property or have you sold it off? No, I, I do still have it. Um, it's since I had it for the last three or two years, I've only had it for two years. It's cost me like $8,000 in repairs because it was just rough and it needed some work. And we, uh, I actually spent another three on top of that because I got it rented to another a hair salon person. She wanted to rent the other side out. So, I have two of them now rented. So now it's breaking even. And on the square in, in downtown, like in a, in a square, you're, you're dealing with a lot of the city stuff too, because it's out, most of those downtowns are in historic society. Or, you know, there's historic zoning and you can't really do anything to the outside or paint anything or change windows out without having to go through them. And they only have a meeting once a, once a month. So it's not an easy task going through that. So it was just a headache property, honestly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. have you learned anything from that property like would you invest in that area still or uh something different you would have done i know that it kind of came into a, a package deal yeah if if i had that if i had that place remodeled completely um it would make money um it would just i just can't pull a loan against it or or a second mortgage or borrow against it since i have it on a seller financing contract so i kind of have to wait it out until it's done and if i get stuck with it I'll go ahead and put money into it because then I could rent the spaces for double what they're renting for. And it would just be worth more as an investment. You know what I mean? Right. Random question, but you said you owned a coffee shop. Is that in one of the properties that you own as well? No, that's in one. I just, I helped the lady out. I've helped manage her property there. Um, there's three units upstairs and then she has a hair salon right next door. I would love for her to sell me that building in the next couple of years. That'd be awesome. But uh, I do not own that one. I pay rent. My rent's like four eighty a month there, so it's not too bad. But uh, a business is harder to run than real estate. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
with the coronavirus going on right now, how are you handling that with the coffee shop? Um, we've been closed since whenever they the state shut us down. It was like I'd say it's what two months ago now. Yeah, March first. Yeah, so we've been closed since then. Um, that's the only th- other than that, real estate's doing okay during this time. But uh, yeah, it's kind of not so good. (laughs) Have your uh, tenants asked for any extensions to pay their rents or is everything going good with that still? Uh, yeah, some of them, some of them came to me and said that they lost their job and I, you know, I told them I wasn't going to give them any late fees or anything like that, but, uh, my bills were still due. So I had to tell them that theirs were too, you know? Um, right. Yeah. It's just a messed up time, honestly. Right. And I, I feel like that's always hard as a landlord as to, you know, you know, the right thing to do, but like you said, the bills are still due. So yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I was kind of transitioning into what advice would you give to a newer investor who wants to get started and maybe just doesn't know where to start? The best way to get started into real estate is the house hack. Um, I believe that. And that's why I tell everybody that talks to me about real estate and wants to learn stuff. Um, Cause I've helped a few people learn what they know and uh, they've really done a lot of stuff with what they, what I've taught them. Um, but I always start out with telling them how to house hack and how to do it and why it's beneficial. Um, house hacking is definitely by far the best and easiest way to get started in real estate because you can do it with little amounts of cash. Um, even if you're in the military, you know, you got a 0% VA loan, you know, that's, that's huge, but you, you can get access to a decent asset for little money down. And then you can jumpstart your savings because you're, hopefully the other rental spots or bedrooms pay for the bills. So it helps you, it helps you save it at the same time you're paying down a loan, building credit. There's just so many pros to it. What's the most important thing that you've taken away from real estate investing and your other business ventures that you have, how to run a business, uh, you know, how to do the financial sides of a business, just going over that hump is that everybody wants to do something and nobody ever gets started on it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all in your mindset. That's um, one of the biggest um, players to being successful in any game because success is what you, you want it to be. Success doesn't have to be Lamborghinis and big houses. You know, it's that you, that you barely work, you know, it just depends on what you want to do with your time. I don't know. Once I defined what my own success was or what I thought success was, it was a lot easier to obtain it. And uh, you know, I'm the only one that knows what that, success is so once you figure out what your success is it's a lot easier to go set goals to it to obtain that so what do you think's next for your business uh to kind of fit your picture of what you think is success do you want to acquire more properties or are you comfortable where you're at right now with 40 properties i'm comfortable right now but i would like to in the next few years start really branching out into other cities and partnering with people people that i know and trust and uh you know, our rock stars, I guess, and run it from, from afar, kind of managing different groups of properties in different cities, helping out with kind of directing them to grow, you know, helping me get to my goals and helping them get to theirs. Cause I would like to do stuff more hands off, but help things grow and, you know, help other people get to their goals in real estate too. And uh, partnerships have really um, been good so far. I'm, I'm just learning. I just started one about six months ago. We started one together in the Quad Cities. Shay, he takes care of all the stuff in the Quad Cities, but me and him talk a lot and I come up there and help get things going and I bring some people up there to help 
uh, remodel the place, but I help get all the banks together and, you know, kind of, cause he's working a full-time job and I'm not. So I have a lot more time to go talk to those people during the day and do the stuff during the kind of on the backside of it while he can still manage them after work and all that. And on the weekends, it's helped him get to where he wants to be, but it's helped me get to where I want to be. So I want to do a couple of those deals in different cities just like that. Is there any tools or books that you would recommend that kind of jump-started your career? I know you talked about your uh, property management tool that you use for your tenants, but is there any books that you've read that kind of got you started with real estate? Uh, yeah, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was the first one I read, obviously. Yeah, right. <laughs> a lot of people. But uh, the E-Myth for Real Estate Investing was a very good one. And then after I started learning about all that, there's a lot of personal development books that I've started to read. The one thing was a very good book. That was probably the one that helped me be the most focused, I guess, to get towards my goals, but do it the most effectively. And the book I'm reading right now, it's called uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy. And it's just about how to make your needs a priority um, to help you get to where you want. Because once your needs become a priority, you can focus on other people's. It's just like filling up your own glass before you fill someone else's, you know? So that's, that's really helped me because I've always been the one I grew up on a farm. So I, we worked 24 seven, honestly. And, uh, that was the worth that ethic I did get going into this. The last summer was pretty rough. I flipped over, I would say out of the 30 I have in this town in college, I flipped over 26 of those in one summer. Yeah. It wasn't like a complete flip, but yeah, there's a lot of maintenance to be done and repairs. And I pulled three all nighters that summer and it was pretty rough. And so after that, I was like, I need to figure out how to work smarter, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sure it was worth it though. In the end, once you yeah, got everything it was, finished. It was. Um, so I like, when I do repairs, I like to make sure they're done right. Just so I don't have to go back. If we have to go back, I'm not very happy about it. So right. I'd rather do it once and be done with it and not have to mess with it for a while. So when I do something, it's going to be pretty nice. And uh, now after I flipped over those, you know, now the maintenance is very very little um i'm actually below my maintenance percentage that i budgeted now but i was ahead then so well blake uh let's transition to the close where can people find you at and connect with you on social media email website uh yeah my social media on instagram um that's usually where i talk to a lot of people and post about what i got going on rehabs i loved i like to post about the before and afters but uh i haven't really got on anything else yet I'd like to thank Blake for his time and giving us some good information on real estate investing and how he acquired his properties. If you'd like today's podcast, make sure that you like and subscribe anywhere that you listen to these podcasts and make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Real and Real Estate Show.